one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, I want to just try new things. I never really experienced certain things when I was a kid and I missed out on a lot. Did it damage you that a little bit? That era was mad of people following Mel, even causing accidents in cars just to get a picture of me and her together. It's just like 16, yeah, I do 17 remember you and Mel being sort of big news in that tournament, mm. amongst other couples that were big news as well. So like, I look back on that thinking, I don't, I don't really wish I on anyone else. <laughs> Essentially, like the World Cup I probably should have gone to, <laughs> 2010, I didn't go, which was just, that's when I was probably flying at my best, playing really well. What happened there? So we're here today to interview Theo Walcott, uh, 34 years of age. It's incredible that 18 years ago, he came to Germany, to Baden-Baden in a World Cup squad. At the time, it was a huge announcement. He was a, a star, the most expensive teenager in the world. And then he's had a, a career that spanned over 550 matches, scoring over 100 goals. And he's now in limbo at a point in his career where Southampton have just gone down, the club that he grew up at and the club that gave him his opportunity and he's got a big decision to make. We're going to find out today from Theo what his plans are. Theo, welcome to the Overlap. A long time since I've uh, seen you. I met you obviously 18 years ago, first time now in that 2006 World Cup when you're thrust into the limelight. And I believe you've got something to tell us today. Yep, so um, I'm officially going to be hanging up my boots. It's very scary, I can't, I can't lie. It's scary because football's all I've known. Um, it's from the age of yeah, 16 or even younger, and obviously going to the World Cup yourself. Yeah. I want to just try new things. I never really experienced certain things when I was a kid, and I missed out on a lot. But I'm not saying I'm going to be going and doing some mad stuff. But <laughs> Time to party. Yeah, no, <laughs> jumping out of planes and stuff. But like, I just feel like I want to experience life, you know? Yeah. I feel like football's, everything's evolved around football for me. And now I'm, it does, but it can also look somewhere else as well. What's been the biggest factor in making that decision? Obviously, you, you did think about continuing. Did you have offers to go and play at different clubs in different countries? Yeah, so I had offers abroad uh, and some championship teams, some, some very good championship teams. Did you get an offer from Saudi? Yeah, so there's, there's been some Saudi offers, but like, I just don't feel like that's not where I want to see myself playing, to be honest. No, nothing against the money or, or the, the, the league. It's just, I just feel like right now, if my heart's not into playing football, it's not found the clubs, it's not found me. I'm not going to earn myself a contract when I'm not going to be putting 100% into it. It just doesn't sit pretty with me. It's not like essentially I've fallen out of love with the game. It's just yeah. my heart's not going to be fully committed to playing week in, week out training and doing a pre-season again and all that. And I just feel like that's, that's okay with me. I'm okay with it. You know, be a lot of people might think, you know, you've still got a lot to do. You played at the end of the season as well. I actually did, I was in yeah. the team. But I kind of like the fact that I've stopped at Southampton. I started yeah. and I stopped there, so it's, it sits nice for me. And that's my last ever goal was against Arsenal. And it's, for me, no one else, but for me, it's a nice moment. And yeah. I, I'm proud of that. Are you sure? I always say to players yeah, like, yeah. when they're contemplating retirement, I, I thought about it one or two times. 
should have retired the year before and I continued and it was probably the wrong decision. Are you absolutely 100% because it's difficult to turn back? I am. I am. So a lot of people have spoke to me about this and I sort of interrupt them straight around saying, I'm done. I'm okay with it. And yeah, I want to I wanna do something different. So I'm okay not to play anymore. Obviously, you'll be aware. I mean, you obviously have got a shrewd head on you, but you'll be aware of the statistics around football players that retire at the age of 35 and the problems that sometimes they have in that first three or four years beyond mm. retirement where that thrill, that adrenaline rush has gone. Mm. Is that something that you think you'll have to contend with or do you think you're all, you've all you got that peace in your mind that you don't feel like that's going to sort of... Do you know sometimes what? you don't know, do you? But yeah, well, do you feel like, comfortable? I do. The thing that's helped me massively and I think it should help a lot of players, isn't it? It's sometimes poo-pooed at, I suppose, is therapists. Like, I've been speaking to therapists for many years. And still now today? And still now today. And I feel that's really important in any society you do, any sort of work or business you do, to have a different perspective of someone else to talk to about anything, if that's a family member or anything. But I've used it as a therapist, and I feel like in sport as well, it's a sign of a weakness, I suppose. Back in, maybe yeah, people think... Back oh, then it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Mm. What is it that you find in your sessions with a the therapist, and what particularly is it the type of thing that you discuss with them? Work, family, everything. Like, even yourself looking at sort of certain patterns, your childhood, every, like, everything comes out, really. Certain triggers, all sorts. And if you can find someone in that role that can help you, you'll be in your best frame of mind or be in the best place to look after other people. And that's how I look at it. What's the feeling you have today as you sit here and announce your retirement? You know, what feelings are moving through your body? Probably, like, I look back now, actually proud of certain things that I've done in my career, not when I was playing. It's very strange, when you're playing, you don't really take note of that achievement you've done, like from winning FA Cups, obviously you won so much, and even certain the goals I scored, the amount of goals I scored for Arsenal, over 108 goals for yeah. Arsenal as a winger, fifth, I think, in the Premier League era for Arsenal. You know, I'm, I'm up on the, on the names with some, like Thierry Bergkamp, Ian Wright, all these guys. I look back now and I think, why did I not sort of enjoy that moment when I was doing it. Yeah. So now I take a step back and I'm actually very proud of those moments to win the FA Cups and playing for England at such a young age, 47 caps, 18 years in the Premier League alone is a, a great achievement. Even just being a Premier League footballer is a great yeah. achievement. Just looking at that, I always see people when they talk about players and they, you know, they're not good enough or, or, or whatever. Probably your sort of job, I suppose. <laughs> and, uh, in particular. <laughs> and I'm like, I look back and I think, do you know, they, they've, there's a certain percentage of people that actually make it in the Premier League. And some people come and they go straight away because they haven't been able to hack it for whatever reason, but they still go on to have very good careers in whatever league. That's a great achievement, so in itself. So I look at all my achievements and I'm like, the hat-tricks I've scored for England, that are 19 scoring a hat-trick. Playing for Everton and when there's times it was really difficult for the club to sort of get out of a relegation fight and we finished eighth with Big Sam and then he gets a sack. And it's all, football changes so quickly. Yeah. You never really step back and think, oh, what did I do here? You have to move on very quickly. Yeah. So now I look back and I think, do you know what? I've got a book and I've shown my, my kids of all the goals I've scored for Arsenal, just everything. And he looks at highlights and, and he sees me score and he, he wants to know everything about it. And it's, that's nice because I can live those moments with him now. Um, yeah, that's just, it's really nice. Do you have him on sort of like your screen in your house and you tell you walking your goals on loop? <laughs> to be fair, I, I wouldn't say that long at all. <laughs> sort of couple, didn't you? I think all my best throw-ins would be sort of the highlights. I um, do you know what? I actually say to him, if you can look at highlights, look at Arsenal highlights. <laughs> Score more goals for them than Saints and Everton. But no, like he just loves football, uh, and I and as well, it's been with me and it always will be with me. You should be proud. I mean, scoring 108 goals, I think, in under 400 games for Arsenal is some achievement, particularly from 
the right wing for most of it. How long has this decision been coming? Have you been thinking about sort of the end and what it looks like for the last year or two? Or is yeah. it just a case of now you've woke up and thought, right, what am I going to do next? Do you know what? It's more probably at the end of the season. I thought I'm happy with stopping after that. It was a very stressful year anyway Yeah. on the football side of things. And I'm just in a different part of my life now. And I'm coming after your job. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so uh... That won't be difficult. <laughs> But you are going to do some work in the media, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I would like to. I would like to. A little yes. birdie at Sky told me a couple of days ago that they've signed up Theo Walcott. And I was like, oh, right. And I thought, I'm not going to speak to him about what I'm doing. Well, I had a full contract, yeah. <laughs> Have you not? Oh, <laughs> not quite yet. No. Another exclusive on the overlap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But no, I, I, you know, Is that I really, what you want to do? Do you want to go into the media? I do enjoy that side of it. I yeah. enjoy the sort of analysing the games, analysing... Yeah sort of teams and as well because I've got an insight into the different generations of players I've been in your generation yeah. you're slightly older than myself um, <laughs> so I think I've, you're the last player I played I was with just thinking that. to retire for England I was thinking about it this morning I can't think of anybody else Milner? they go on until we're dead did I play with James Milner though? I'm not sure I did really? no I don't think so maybe yeah yeah then yeah Jack Yoker? No, you still play with Jagielka. So maybe Congratulations, Thank well you. <laughs> You're the last link to my football career. As a 16-year-old going to the World Cup, for me, I should never have gone. I've said this. England shouldn't have picked you or that Arsene Wenger should have protected you. That era was mad of people following Mel, even causing accidents in cars just to get a picture of me and her together. Did it damage you that a little bit? Yeah, I just had to deal with it. I feel during your career, because of probably you being selected for England in 2006, got a disproportionate amount of scrutiny of attention. Did you feel that during your career? And how do you feel the sort of media treated you during your sort of 17, 18 year career? I've got to be kind of nice if I want to go into it, but no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, so no, honestly, um, as a 16 year old going to the World Cup, for me, I should never have gone. I've said this. Should never have gone. You should have said that I'm not going or Arsene Wenger. No, you try to tell a 17 year old to go say you're not going to World Cup for England. That's <laughs> not going to do that. So I didn't actually play in the Premier League at all. So I haven't asked of this, but essentially the manager saw something and in the end I didn't play. When you say you shouldn't have gone to a World Cup, are you saying you should have pulled out that England shouldn't have picked you or that Arsene Wenger should have protected you? Which one of those so, would you say? Probably both, I would say. Because I played always up age groups for England. Yeah. So I was already in this sort of, in the books of uh, keeping an eye on this kid, I suppose. But yeah, I think probably could have been a bit more protected in that sense. A bit more of a conversation between... I didn't even know. Sven. I knew that, I actually knew that Sven was coming to watch training and I didn't yeah. really think anything of it because obviously you're Ashley in Seoul. Yeah. And then Arsene, I remember Arsene saying he's coming to, to watch you and I'm like, okay, right. Just thinking of maybe for the future type thing, not really thinking. And then suddenly that happened and then the whole life changed. And I remember watching a bit of TV because as well, like, it's like on Instagram, you want like, a little dopamine hit and you get likes or whatever. Yeah. I thought I could see these people saying it's a nice thing. And then there was quite a lot of sort of <laughs> negative things, which is fine, people have their opinions. And I just thought, I can't watch this. Like, this ain't, this ain't good for me. So I ended up just, I think, playing World Cup and with the old man, um, funny enough. And I think if I could check out, that's the one thing I would, because it, the way it affected like I said, with the expectation. Yeah, on you. that side of it was magnified, yeah. and yes, it did sort of 
explode by oh, it exploded it was a massive it was the well, big you news. imagine like even my, my my wife my wife now mel it's just coming out of uni and then getting oh, no. paparazzi yeah. getting followed in a world where with 16 kids were kids yeah and being in that world maybe not as protected as we thought we were we'd be so unaware of all this but it was just i wouldn't wish that on anyone and everything was always magnified i look back and now i'm 17 16 with the see the, the wag sort of structure and that you were right amongst it weren't you right in young. it right in it yeah i didn't know what to do because i look so i'm so young i'm so out of place it was essentially when i joined arsenal i was so out of place as well being yeah. really young walking into the dressing room 16 with sol campbell and thierry jens that era was mad of people following mel even causing accidents in cars just to get a picture of me and her together it's just like 16, yeah, I do 17 remember year you old. and Mel being sort of big news in that tournament, mm. amongst other couples that were big news as well. Did it damage you that a little bit? Yeah, I just had to deal with it. I just had to get on with it. And it was essentially I used football for that. But I look back on and think, you know, like Mel, for instance, she didn't have that. No. I, I had that distraction, I suppose. So it's interesting you look back it's at it now. It's great you're still together and you've come through that because mm. it could have left, you know, you're only 16 relationships can be difficult and you're young mm. it would have damaged her irreparably i think if you'd have had a split you know a split wouldn't it 18 19 because you would have been thrust into the media limelight in such a way which would have been unfair to someone who never asked for that so like i look back on that thinking i don't i don't really wish i on anyone else <laughs> essentially like the world cup i probably should have gone to <laughs> 2010 i didn't go which was just that's when i was probably one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Flying at my best, playing really well. What happened there? What happened there? I remember Pello, the manager, was very blunt. Because I remember even missing a meeting. You might have even been there, actually. It's with JT. I remember missing a meeting and I'm like, I'm someone who wants to be on time. What, you overslept or what? No, I do not. I just misread the schedule. Like on yeah, the, yeah. On the bloody clipboard, like I just, and I'm not like that. That's, it must have been something else that was going on that made me not yeah. read it properly, like because I'm not that sort of person. And I missed it, and I was like shitting myself, thinking I got to go see Capello about this and apologise. So I went to JT and I said, JT, like, I missed a meet. I'm so sorry. He's like, oh, Theo, don't worry about it. He was so chilled about. It. I was like, well, I'm, I am worried yeah. about it because I need to go talk to the manager. And I went to go see Capello and. He literally just shoved his shoulder and shoved the door in my face, remember? And I was like, just... Right. And I... That was before... That was during the qualifying stages, 2010, pretty sure. I'm not saying that was the reason why, 
but I remember the phone call and again I wanted to just sort of ask sort of you know what is it I've not done or what do I need to do to try and get it just hung up so I never really had that what, you just, what, was, what were his words to you on that call just said I wasn't going to take you to the World Cup and they hung up what didn't that's it and I was just like so what and it, and it went went dead <laughs> and I'm like that's strange this right? is someone who's meant to be one of the best managers around, but now you've got to deal with the person response or his emotions or anything, you just don't, no, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I have time for people and I always feel like if they want to improve and they want to ask questions, I'll find time for that. And he didn't. And that's, that's the disappointing thing. And I remember actually going to a restaurant a few weeks later after I woke up and he was in there and he obviously got sacked. <laughs> <Stop it all. laughs> so when I went to say hello to him, I was like, yeah. yeah. So you weren't too displeased when he sort of left the job? Yeah, not at all. What do you feel about England? I look back on England, my England career, with disappointment because we didn't win anything. Mm. How do you look back on your England career? Other than the, the honour and the privilege of playing for your country, which I know you love. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting because they always say about the golden era, don't they, the England's, like, team. And I, I don't think that team would probably beat the team now, me, I believe. I just, I'm just, that's just my opinion. But I look back on it and think, do you know what, even playing at Wembley, I probably would have wanted more for England side of it. It's probably one thing I remember when I actually Gareth told me I wasn't going to be in the squad, and honestly, I told him what I felt about it. When was that? Two thousand. This was twenty eighteen, just before I left Arsenal. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, seventeen eighteen. Yeah, so it was back then. Essentially, I've not retired from England still, and like people say, you should just retire. From England. I never retired either. I'm still available. <laughs> <He's> still playing. <laughs> we could play in two years. Play. Can they bring it over the vets, team out? Yeah, <laughs> but like. I remember the conversation with Gareth and I look back and I think, oh, they probably wasn't the right thing to say. What did he say to you? So, uh, Gareth, um, he called me up. It was actually on my birthday as well. <laughs> it's on my birthday. Lovely timing. Great timing. I don't <laughs> think he would have known, to be honest, which is yeah. far, given the benefit. And, um, but what, what Gareth's done with the team now is he's brought that main United Arsenal, Liverpool, everyone together, yeah. which is probably the, our downfall, the golden era. Yeah. That's probably what it is, really, because he didn't want to be seen or being good friends with them. Did you but... feel that? We'll come back to the Gareth statement, but yeah. did you feel those clicks? I mean, obviously I'm aware of it because I was yeah. part of it, but were you, did you feel it as a young player coming in? I didn't... F no, I didn't feel it because I felt everyone was very welcome to me to help me out because I was yeah. a kid, like, let's look after him. That's what it felt to me. Everyone was looking after me. Yeah. So when I go back to the protector side of things, I felt the players did that for me. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't... So they, but a lot of them would have, like, even Stevie or, like, Frank, like, what's he doing? But they still cared to look after me to some extent. And yeah really but the gareth conversation was he told me the reasons why he didn't think i was playing enough and all this side of it and i just had to come back with some stats basically like saying i was the third or second highest goal scorer behind sterling and deli ali i think at the time english goal scorer and you know i've actually played a lot more minutes than you think play more than like jack wilshire for instance just to give him a, I just gave him an example yeah. um and then he ended up taking jack to the euros anyway he didn't play as much as me so it's a bit and I just sort of said it was, and, I, and then I did a capello on him and I hung up. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. Oh, oh no. I know. So yeah, I do a bit. I do a bit because I, I've, well, I look back now and I think, I look at what Gareth's done for the team and it's, it's it is actually incredible yeah. what he's done. It really is. And I got proper behind England, with England shirts on, the kids proper into it because he's brought that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any manager would have brought that. And no. maybe it was a good thing me doing that and not being part of that England setup anymore. I don't know. I haven't really looked at that side. Of it. behind the scenes, are you? <laughs> I think that's probably with age. <laughs> how would you think at the end of your career you would want to be viewed and how would you think that you will be viewed when you announce this? They're going to think I stopped early. 
But you've got to forget, I started at yeah. 16, playing the Premier League for 18 years. Are you right there? Like, Being a professional footballer is an achievement. It's a great achievement. When you first went to Arsenal and Arsene Wenger's the manager, what was your experience of Arsene in terms of one, on the pitch and off the pitch and in terms of your relationship with him, how he dealt with you? So Arsene was a person and a manager that didn't like confrontation. He didn't really like confrontation? At all, no. I remember scenes where, you know, players might have had an argument, two players, in fact, Robin and Ramsey, actually, bless them. Um, Robin was going for the golden boot and I understand strikers selfish, they want to score every yeah. minute of the game, and that's fine, I get it. We were playing Man City and Arteta scored, you know, quite a famous goal for him, actually. And um, I remember we came in, everyone's happy, like happy, and Robin wasn't happy because he didn't score, because Aaron went clean through on goal at the end, should have squared to him, Robin scores. Right. Um, and we come in, we're all happy, and then Robin wants goes to... Off on goes off and one with Aaron, it's fine. It gets all heated, and it gets thrown, players get thrown all over the place and yeah. stuff, it gets stopped, but Arsene, I remember, Actually, seeing him sort of, sort of slip past, <laughs> go back to his back office because he thought like the players would just deal with this. So when I say he didn't like competition, I felt like he would get the team to deal with the problem. And I remember I'll never forget Arteta coming in. It was just like you know, a pin drop. It's so weird. He came in so happy with the MOM thing, and he's like, "What's going on here?" Type thing. Um, and we obviously explained, and he's like, "What?" And like, but obviously Robin cared. He wanted to. Yeah. And I like that. And that's when he, I think the next year he went to United so and he won the league. Yeah, yeah essentially that. And in terms of, do you think that was good for you, the way in which Arsene managed, or do you think it was, do you prefer someone who's a bit more direct and a bit more forthright with you? So I think at that age, because I was very timid, you would have seen me at the World Cup, I was very quiet. Yeah. I didn't really want to speak to many people, I'd just get on with my business, head down, work hard. Arsene, he's the sort of manager you could, his always, door was always open, you'd go and see him in his room. Yeah. But he'd always have time on the pitch as well. And he always had that for any player, he always had time. But yeah, I, and, I've enjoyed all my manager Harry, which I can't thank enough because he gave me that first, yeah. I suppose, at 16 in the, in the championship. And as well, working with him. Uh, Dennis Wise, I worked with briefly, which was a different experience with Dennis. But in what way? Just, I remember, it was a, when I was young at Southampton, obviously, the academy side of Southampton was amazing. They were yeah. actually bringing players through, and I was that next sort of player coming through. I look back at it now, and I remember, sort of warming up and I was kicking a ball against the boards and I missed the boards and I smashed this glass and Dennis Wise is behind it on the bike and comes out effing and blinding. Glass in his leg, honestly. And then I said it was me and he said, oh, don't worry, Theo, don't worry about it. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the club said, don't piss him off. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like, I even said no to making cups of teas to Dennis Wise. And I'm not here to make cups of teas, I'm here to play football. Um, so it's like they, club probably protected, like, makes you look after him. And then he was like a nice sort of role model for me in that side of it. Yeah. Who were the players when you first came to Arsenal that you felt were your sort of mentors and people who really sort of, if you like, learned from? Um, great characters, didn't you? Yeah, so, Gail Cliche was big for me because of his position, yeah. left back. Having someone to talk to and just to be around and be comfortable around him and to train against him. Yeah. And then even take me home and like, that was nice because I felt like because he was fairly young as well. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, again, left back. Yeah. I seem to attract myself to defenders and goalkeepers. So, so like goalkeepers as well. What they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd definitely say Ashley and Sol were the main ones when yeah. I first went to the dressing room. And then in time, P 
people like your, it would have been Alex Songs and Abue stuff because they were big kids basically. Yeah, and yeah. I, essentially, I was a little kid. Yeah. So I kind of liked going in that in that sort of world a bit. Thierry was, I, I was there for a brief spell of him. Thierry was, was fantastic start and then you know when players get left they want to move yeah things get a bit sour and it's, yeah. but i don't look at that side because i understand it now i get it when yeah. players they want to move on and they'll do anything to move on and i get it you eventually had his shirt number didn't you yes i did i was a big Omri fan i was a micro own fan yeah. massive own fan as well but yeah Omri had the 14 shirt and i just wanted number eight i think and we were signing nasri the kit master right, i was okay. signing someone i can't tell you who but right and i just are oh, 14 Right. And he's like, you know who that is? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. It doesn't matter. It's just a number to me. So, yeah, that's how the number come across. I didn't really think of it in that sense of Omri's got it. But when I think of 14, I do think of Omri. Yeah. I do all the time. Where was the point where you felt that you're most comfortable? You think, right, I'm in the zone. I'm, I'm in form here. Probably would have been Arsenal in that sort of era, 2010 to 20, sort of before I did my knee, yeah. 2014. That was probably the year where I felt my best. Yeah. That's where I scored most of my goals. And that's why I was so disappointed not going to World Cups. I actually probably did deserve this time. Yeah. That was a disappointment for me. What were your goals in that season pre-World Cup 2010? Because you had a good season, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Um, oh, God. I'm just going to like, say a lot, lot more. Don't do the thing that forwards always do. Which, <laughs> oh, uh, no, do you know sure. I think it was 21. It was, I think yeah. it was 21. <laughs> and 40, it was like over 14, 15 assists for, yeah. for Van Persie. So as a winger, like, yeah. that's pretty decent. And that's I mean, good. Yeah. I mean, it's an unbelievable season. Yeah. But like now, it's you look at those numbers and... There's not many players that get those numbers now. So I'd probably say that that part of it was brilliant. Yeah. But there's been little snippets at Southampton, like briefly, a different sort of playing style and yeah. a different work rate, which you probably wouldn't have seen in me before because essentially Arsenal was at the ball. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that era, yeah. How would you think at the end of your career you would want to be viewed and how would you think that you will be viewed when you announce this? Okay, so <laughs> I, I know how people are going to look at it like because... I've, they're going to think I stopped early, 34, maybe 30, yeah, 34, 35 in March. But you've got to forget, I started at yeah. 16, playing the Premier League for 18 years. That's, that's a long time to play at the highest level for that yeah. long. Um, so they're going to probably be, that's how I could have done more of this, maybe more for England tournaments. It's going to be all that negative stuff. But I'm the sort of person now in my life where I look at all the positive sides of it. Yeah. And... I think people probably actually, because I, I was probably one of those people who think, oh, I could have done more here, but and I look back and you know, I won three FA Cups, all the goals for Arsenal, 47 cats for England, goals for England, going to a couple of tournaments for England, just being a professional footballer and yeah. really playing for Arsenal, one of the best teams around. No, you're right there. Like, being a professional footballer is an achievement. It's a great it? achievement. And going to these incredible stadiums and the support and going abroad and seeing the passion in people if they meet you if they take a picture and I, I'm like I want to see them open that letter I've just sent back to them and those moments I'm gonna look back and think yeah do you know what I've I've helped yeah. someone there like quite frankly someone says Theo's not done this I don't I don't need to spend much time with that person really yeah so I feel like hopefully I've sort of changed someone's part of their life in some way in my football or just the way I'm outside of football yeah Theo I've really enjoyed speaking to you all the best in your retirement and I always say to people who've got to the end of a career well done you achieved something that millions wanted to and you actually have completed football well done thank you very much. well done thank you well done thank you brilliant